0: Welcome to, To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible verse by verse and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God.
1: How many of you made a New Year's resolution already? Anybody? Can we see your hands? All right, keep them up. How many of you have already broken them? (laughs) All right, so you're hanging in there. That's okay. The year is young. They say about 80% of New Year's resolutions are broken. 80% of them are broken. I was talking to a person about their New Year's resolution, and they said they were going to quit all their bad habits for the New Year, but then they remembered nobody likes a quitter. <laughs> Another person made a resolution that they were going to be able to keep, guaranteed. Guaranteed that they were going to be able to keep it. They weren't going to diet it all year long. <laughs> I still like uh, one of the guys from last year. He had a resolution never to be late again to anything but he didn't wake up till January 2nd. (laughs) Run to the goal. Run to goal is the theme of the message today. And everybody likes to have a new year of expectations. You let out the bad, let in the new, or welcome in the new. And here we are, a brand new day of a brand new year, 2017. Can you believe it? 2017, that's insane. If you older people remember the 2001 Space Odyssey, the, the movie, and that seemed ancient back then, like 2001, we'll never make it to 2001. And here's 2017. It's crazy. A new year's resolution should not be something that goes in one year and out the other. It should be something that sticks. It should be something that is a change in your life and my life. It shouldn't be something that is broken in the first few days of a new year. So today as we look at some things in God's Word, I want to encourage you to take a spiritual perspective this year as you go about 2017. Yesterday, 16 of us went over to uh, Long Live Paintball. We had two teams, eight-on-eight. We played nine games. We've done this a few times, but never played nine games. So it was a blast. It was beautiful weather, and there was a lot of running involved. And the theme again today is Run to Gold. Run to Gold. So I want to look at running for a minute. As you know, there's uh, sports where running's involved, and People try to outdistance or out-quick each other, be faster than the other person. All sports, speed is essential. The faster the person is, usually the more successful they are in that particular sport. Some people run to avoid danger. Some people uh, run because it's exciting. I think of young kids. They just like to run. They like to play tag. It's exciting. They get into it. Then some people run to accomplish something, to get something, to get somewhere. Run to gold. Some people are faster than others, but if you've ever run and you try to outbeat somebody, there's a determination factor. You have to be determined to try to compete to win. Even yesterday on the paintball you know people were running out of fear of being hit by that paintball. People were running fast to try to get an angle that they could shoot somebody to get them out of the game. They were running yesterday to avoid the danger. They didn't want to get hit. There was a motivation behind it. So besides that determination there's a motivation. There was also a lot of excitement when people run. I can just think of yesterday, enthusiasm. Nobody was walking real slow and feeling groggy and just apathetic. They were excited. For whatever reason, they were excited. The blood was flowing. And they wanted to accomplish something. There was an accomplishment factor involved. In 2 Corinthians 5... We have a Christian fly here, I think. There's a fly on my screen. That's so awesome. Pastor Joe, it's not a bee, but it's a, it's a fly. It's right on the word. It's soaking up the word right here. What a way to start the new year for this fly. This is cool. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 21. If you want to turn that, uh, to that right now. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing or reckoning or counting the world to himself Reconciliation is causing two people or groups to be friendly after a split, after a disagreement, to bring people together, to bring a group together. Today, as we start a new year, I want to ask you do you need to be reconciled with anyone? First and foremost, we need to look at our relationship with Jesus. Do we need to be reconciled with God? Thinking of that theme, run to gold, as the message develops, do you need to be reconciled to God? Is there something there that's holding you back from a full relationship with your creator? Second, Is there some reconciliation that needs to go on with a loved one? Somebody close to you, family or friend. That there's been a split there. It's a reconciliation that needs to go on with somebody that's a Mr. or Mrs. Sandpaper. Somebody that's an irritation to you. But God has put in your life to smooth you out. But you're fighting it. Think about those people in your life. To be friends with them in 2017. Is it reconciliation that has to go on with an enemy? Someone you can't stand being around. Pray for that supernatural power of God's spirit to make them a loved one in 2017. All those things, God, loved ones, sandpaper people, and enemies, it's impossible to even think about reconciliation sometimes, but it can only come through Jesus Christ, as we read here in 2 Corinthians 5. It's only through him reconciliation can come. And what happens in most of our lives? It's something that someone else does, says, doesn't do that causes that rift, that feeling, that uncomfortableness. Jesus Christ does not reckon or count our sins against you and I once we've confessed and turned from a sinful way of life. How much more so? we who have been forgiven much, that we should be able to forgive others the same way God has forgiven us. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. How important it is to God for us to be people of reconciliation. It says right here in God's word, if we forgive others, God will forgive us. How much do we understand the love of God and the forgiveness of God if we can't forgive someone else and be reconciled to someone else, to be reunited? And I want to emphasize those enemies and those sandpaper people. I believe through the power of God's Holy Spirit, those sandpaper sandpaper people and the enemies can become some of your best friends. Some people that you can really glean from. That God will use to get his point across to you in a different way. Matthew five, forty four says, But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Love your enemies. Wow. Think about that. The supernatural love of God is the only way we can do that, correct? I don't think there's any other way. How have we been doing it most of our lives when there's somebody that comes against us? Are we going to be bitter or better in this year 2017 as an individual follower of Jesus Christ? Are we going to be bitter or better? only difference in those two words is one letter, the letter I, you and me. That individual, you as that individual that makes a decision that's meant for your lifetime, not for a few days, not for a year, but it's a lifetime and it's a lifestyle. It's a mindset, it's a heart change. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, it says that we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is what you're called by God. What is an ambassador? Well, it's a representative, represents someone. It's usually a person that's sent to a foreign country. Well, do you ever think that you're not here by chance? You're not here on this planet by chance, but God sent you here for a specific purpose to know Him and to make Him known. To know God and to make Him known. That's it. That's it. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different professions, things that we do, where we are at this point in your life, no matter how old or young you are. And those very people that are in your life... God knew that before you were created that they were going to be in your life, that time of your life. We are passing through. We're pilgrims on this planet. We're just passing through. God sent us here for a purpose, to know Him and to make Him known. This year of 2017... Race to grace in someone's face. Race to grace in someone's face. Usually you hear that thing, you're in someone's face, and it's an aggressive thing. Something you're right in their face or they're in your face. Get out of my face! But how about we take it? from a godly perspective. You think of all the reasons that you run to accomplish something. Enthusiasm, determination. How about we be enthusiastic and and determined about just taking in all the grace that God wants to bestow on each individual here, each I here. To not make you bitter, but better as a son or daughter of the king, as a prince and princess of the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Race to grace in someone's face. Look for those opportunities to get right in the face of a person with the grace of God. Don't shy away from it. Run to it. Embrace it. Allow God to use you as you've never been used before. Because that's what our God does. Doesn't matter if you're introverted, extroverted. Doesn't matter. He uses everyone he creates who knows him and wants to make him known. In verse 20 it says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, be reconnected, join Him. How tight are we to our Creator? How tight are we to our Savior? It's reflected in how we treat the world and the individuals in the world. In James chapter 2, verse 23, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Do you consider yourself a friend of God? Besides being, if you're here today and you're a born-again believer, besides being a son or daughter of the king, besides being a prince or princess of the king, do you consider yourself to be a friend of God? They say, if you can count on your hand, five people in your life that are friends, you're a blessed person. Are one of those friends you have your creator that you confide everything in, that you know he's going to teach you through his word, through other believers who are following the lead of the Spirit, he's going he's to challenge you, he's going to stretch you, He's going to make you better than you are because he loves you and he's a true friend. You know, a true friend is somebody you can say no to. A true friend is somebody you can say no to. That won't hold it against you. That loves you no matter what and you love them no matter what. Today, you might be a visitor, might be your, one of your first few times here in this church, you might be here for years, but you definitely fall into one of these three categories that I'm going to throw out at you. You're either unsaved and you're not a friend of God. See, the Bible says that we're enemies with the God if we haven't been re- reconciled to Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, through the cross, through the bloodshed at Calvary, through the burial, the, the death and burial of Jesus. Doesn't mean nothing. Doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter how you feel about it. God is very specific in His Word. If you have the Son, you have life. If you do not have the Son, you do not have life. There's enmity, there's a split between you and God. Doesn't matter how much you will to be a friend. Doesn't matter. Or you're a carnal Christian. You're a worldly Christian. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. You believe he was buried, he rose from the dead, that he's coming back. But you're a carnal Christian. You're a worldly Christian. The world has a tremendous influence on your walk with Christ. There are idols before Jesus Christ. Or you're a spirit filled Christian. You're following the lead of the Holy Spirit, right in tune. Doesn't mean you're perfect, doesn't mean you're sinless, but if you're following God's Holy Spirit, you're right where God wants you to be." In 2 Corinthians six, verse two, it says, "I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. People have been hearing that throughout the centuries. Today, if you're hearing this for the first time, understand that you're hearing this because Almighty God, your Creator, who loves you and made you just as special and unique as you are, is saying, hey, today, now, is the day of your salvation. We all know that none of us are guaranteed 2018. <clears throat> none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. We only have this moment and it's already passed. We're into the next moment and now it's passing. And we're going to the next moment. It keeps moving. Clock keeps ticking. You want a happy new year? As we all do? You want a year that's different than all previous years? I think we all do. There's only one way that happens. Only one way. It must be the year for the Lord, by the Lord, and of the Lord. That's the only way it will take place. The word happy, the root word hap, the noun comes from around the year twelve hundred with the following meanings, chance, a person's luck, fortune, fate, also unforeseen occurrences. Well, we don't have to have a chance. We're not people of chance. We're not people of luck. We're not people of fortune or fate or unforeseen occurrences. We're people that are guided by God himself through his holy spirit that resides in every believer. Proverbs 16:20 says, "He who heeds the word wisely will find good. He who heeds the word wisely will find good. He who pays attention to the word of God will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. You put your trust in the Lord, there's your happiness. It's not dictated by the world or the circumstances or your health. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with trusting in Jesus Christ and getting to know him in a deep, intimate way. Joel chapter 2, verse 11 says, For strong is the one who executes his word. Strong is the one who executes His word. In order to execute something, in order to carry out something, you have to know what you're doing. If the engine in my car, something goes wrong, I can be as sincere as I want, but I have no knowledge of that engine at all. I can be totally dedicated to what I want to try to do to fix that, but I have no knowledge. I can't execute anything to help that motor get better or help me get to where I want to go. I need someone who knows what they're doing to fix it. God fixes people. He fixes hearts. He fixes situations. You and I have been given his word We have been given Jesus Christ himself through his Holy Spirit to execute his word. No better day than today. First day of 2017. No better day to enter into God's family if you're not part of it. There's no better day. Why wait for tomorrow when you can take care of things today? Colossians 3:17 says and whatever you do in word or deed whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him whatever you do do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus As we get closer to the conclusion of this message Run to Gold in 2017 Run to Gold Revelation 19:7 <clears throat> Revelation 19:7 says, "Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready." Do you realize that you are and I am the bride of Christ? <clears throat> that we are the bride of Christ? <clears throat> In Revelation 19:7, It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and His wife has made herself ready. You and I are the bride. Are we ready for the Lord to come in 2017? Are you ready today for the Lord to come in 2017? That's a heavy question. But if we're following the lead of the Holy Spirit, we're ready all the time. 24-7, 365, it doesn't matter. We're ready. We're ready to go. There's no better day than today to enter into God's family. In Revelation nineteen nine, it says, Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. A little while we're going to celebrate communion. One of the things Jesus said is he would not drink the cup again until he celebrates it with you and I at the wedding supper of the Lamb. That day is coming. That's a future event that Jesus promised was going to take place. The question is, are we reconciled? to God himself, to the point that we can say, Lord, whether you come today or 30 years from now, I'm ready, because my lifestyle is a lifestyle of following hard after you, to know you and to make you known. Revelation 22, 17 says, and the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. That spirit is a Holy Spirit. The bride is you and I saying, Come, Lord Jesus. But before you and I can say those words, it takes a step by you if you've never done that before, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you your sins. If you've had a lousy year 2016 and you would be embarrassed or ashamed to share with others the things that went on in that year. In Christ, every day is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. You don't have to wait if you blew it already today in 2017 for 2018. His mercies are new every morning. Every time you call on Jesus, His grace and mercy are there but it takes a heart that is turning towards him, not in neutral and not away from him, but turning towards him. Here at Calvary Chapel, the pastors and the elders and all the dear people who have followed the Lord for all these years, we don't want anybody here to start the new year without Jesus Christ. What a lousy way to start a new year without Jesus in your heart. When we draw near to God, our minds are refreshed and our strength is renewed. I can tell you that from experience. I'm having bad times, things are going on. When I sit down with my Lord and draw near to Him, my mind's refreshed, my strength is renewed. Remember, the new year will be the same as every other year if we don't draw nearer to Jesus Christ. It'll just be the same. There'll be nothing different from it. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, God says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And as our main verse of today, it says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of his salvation. Not tomorrow, but now. New Year's resolution, you want to make a new one? You want to make one that will last not only through 2017, but throughout the rest of your days here on this earth and throughout eternity? Do you really want to have a happy new year that's just based on chance and circumstances and fate? Or do you want to run to gold in 2017? Gold, an acronym for glorify our Lord daily. Run to glorify our Lord daily. What a great New Year's resolution. That every day you're running with enthusiasm, determination to glorify our Lord daily. And how do you do that? (laughs) There's tons of ways. There's tons of ways. You can give a bottle of water to somebody who's thirsty. You can wake up in the morning and just say, hey, Lord, I can't wait to be with you this day. Thanks for another Thanks for the breath of life in my lungs today. Let's see what's going to happen today, Lord. I'm expecting you to do great things through me today. Let's go. Let's go do some grace in somebody's face today. You can read God's word. You can have an edifying conversation with a brother or sister or a husband, wife, a child. You can send somebody a devotion. Follow the lead of God's spirit. There's no limit to the way you can glorify our Lord daily. Just by thinking of him, you're glorifying him. Just by thinking of him, you're giving him glory. By coming to church and fellowshipping with each other, you're giving him Glory. By praying for the guy who just cut you off, you're giving him glory. By embracing your enemies and your sandpaper people, you're giving them glory. There's tons of things you and I need to work on in 2017. Tons. Let's get started. Let's get that grace in somebody's face right now. And if the Lord has, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. If you're here today and you've never received the Lord, understand that Jesus Christ is not a condemner of your soul. He's the Savior of your soul. <clears throat> Sin is something that is simply missing the mark. Yesterday it was with a paintball. I was trying to get my enemy. I missed the mark, I sinned, I missed. It's an old archery term with the big target. And if you missed, it was a sin. Well, spiritually speaking, we missed the mark. How do you know if you missed the mark? Got to ever get angry at somebody? Ever tell a lie? Ever dishonor your mom or your dad? Ever covet something that wasn't yours? Ever have bad thoughts, impure thoughts? See, all these are part of the Ten Commandments, and if you've broken one of those, just one, you're guilty. You're imperfect. You're a sinner. You fall short of God's perfect law, His perfect standards. But good news, good news. Jesus Christ came to this earth. We celebrated his birthday last week. He entered time. He grew up as one of us with human flesh on, but it was perfect in all his ways. Tempted, just like you and I are, and were, and will be. But he didn't fall. He didn't sin. And he took our place on a cross. Because if I die for my sins, I'm still a dead duck. I still am separated from God because I'm not the perfect sacrifice, nor are you. We needed a perfect sacrifice, a lamb without blemish. That was Jesus Christ. He became sin for you and for me. So now, just like last week, you received some gifts and you took them with expectation and enthusiasm and you were determined when you opened them up to see what was inside. Well, Jesus offers you himself and you just have to receive it. That's all you got to do. Just like you receive a gift. And open
0: up your heart and let him inside.